I feel like you'll go to a, a like horse place, whatever they call those things, and stables, stable, <laughs> and. Uh, Geekscape Games Podcast. This is level 107. Holy switch! That is right. We are back. The number one video game podcast on the Geekscape Network is back with another special edition of potentially the new regular edition um, of the Geekscape Games Podcast, the number one video game podcast on the Geekscape Network. Uh, uh, this is uh, an episode dedicated to the Nintendo Switch. It's been out for a few weeks. And, um, and third time's the charm on uh, trying to yeah. uh, record it. Yeah, third time's a charm. We're trying to record it. But we have all of our audio issues sorted. Uh, and um, so, yeah, we're just going to talk about the Switch for a little bit. Uh, I would like to introduce first on the panel, uh, no longer special guest, regular attendee. <laughs> oh, I ba- I'm back, huh? Yeah, ex-founder. Ex-founder. Ex-founder, now member. Yeah, Derek Cranavelt. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, thanks. Why, uh, why don't I'm you, why don't you re- regale us with your um, misread email? Uh, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Like I said, this is the third time we've attempted to record this podcast. Uh, first attempt was about a week and a half ago at this point. Second attempt was a few days ago when we released the... No, we didn't release anything, actually. It was just a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so tonight, I, I'm, I'm on my way home, and I, I sent Shane an email because he won't get an international texting plan. And, you know, I ask, uh, are we still planning to record tonight? Because uh, the other night we had some talks of Sunday night. Uh, and he sent me an email back and I read the email as Adam got called into work. So same time on Thursday. Perfect. Like whatever. Now I know we're not, now I know I got the night free. I'm literally getting into bed, uh, cause I have to work in the morning and then I get like a notification from Facebook and it was Shane posting to the Geekscape games group saying we're going live. Like, like here we go with our switch impressions. And I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Shane. <laughs> And then I reread the email, and I realized very quickly that I was wrong. Uh, and now I'm here. Yeah, uh, can extra I, can hard I... to be relegated back to the special guest category. <laughs> um, can I get the most Canadian sorry? Uh, I'm you, sorry. You can muster. I, I, I can't. I I like it. I can only do what's natural, and I feel like I'm not. I don't have a very Canadian accent, except for that one time in Los Angeles. <laughs> I was just gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I lost. We were walking in front. Of, it was a uh, kamikaze, and we were walking in front of the um, Staples Center uh, or the Convention Center, which is next to the Staples Center. And I think Derek said vote. I think we I were talking about vote. voting, and and you just went vote, and I I, I felt like I was watching. I was <laughs> it watching caught me like, off guard. <laughs> like like the thing was is that I like whipped my head around, and Derek whipped his head around at the same time. Like fuck, did Shane notice? Yes, he did. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, inconceivable the Scandinavianness, um, but uh, that other illustrious voice is Josh Jackson. How are you doing tonight? I'm s- like I'm sick, so sorry if I cough right into everybody's ear. But otherwise, I'm fine. I just marathoned all of One Two Switch over the last two nights, which took about an hour. <laughs> and looking forward to talking about that and everything else that the system has to offer so far. Yeah, uh, well that's good because this is the episode to talk all about it. And last but not least, the uh, downright adorable Adam Lemoy. Hello. That I'm it? a person that exists. 
Adam got, Adam got called into work tonight. So how did that go? I did. I got called into work. Um, it was like a last minute thing yesterday when I was working. Someone was like, hey, can you uh, cover for me tomorrow? I'm like, eh, sure, why not? More money. Cool, cool. Uh, so what do you say we get into it, boys? I'm going to pop a can of <laughs> zero calorie cola. And um, let's just around the board. So first we're going to talk about our overall impressions of the Switch itself, hardware uh, only and software, uh, system software. So no, um, no titles. But uh, Derek, let's um, let's hear your your first impressions of the unit. Yeah, I I mean I'm I'm just glad I got one. Uh, I don't want to talk wanna... about that, but <laughs> uh, no, I mean that? no, it was fine. It's it was a uh, I was really disappointed because I didn't think it was going to happen, and then finally I have this thing where I will convince myself that I don't need something and that I won't buy something, and then as the launch approaches, uh, usually about seventy two hours before, I freak out and and do whatever I can to try to obtain said item, you know, whether that's <laughs> Amiibos or game consoles or, uh, you know, iPhones or whatever, like it, it, it's, it's a problem and it happens regularly. But, uh, a Canadian retail, a Canadian retailer called London drugs had a, a bug on their website where I don't think that the switch had actually gone up yet, but they had a page for it and it said out of stock, like, we'll you know, sign up for an email notification and we'll notify you after it's sold out already type thing. Um, and, uh, but there was a button that allowed you to still check one out. Uh, and it was apparently only live for about 15 or 20 minutes, but I put one through thinking it was going to get canceled. Uh, and then the next day it shipped. And, uh, so we've been enjoying that ever since over overall, like I was very, you know, when the box showed up, I was like, what the hell is in this? This is not big enough to be a game console. This thing is tiny. Like, wow. It's, that was like the first thing when you pull it out, you, it, it is really, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm not really used to people pulling it out and saying, "Wow, how tiny it is." <laughs> I, uh, the, th- I mean, that's the the first thing that uh, in this case was noticed is uh, <laughs> it, it's just how just striking how slim and sleek the thing is. Uh, really well weighted. Um, the I really like the kind of it's kind of like a it's it just a soft it's got the the plastics have like a soft touch feel to them which I, I from what I've read is easier to scratch than hard plastic maybe but it's very comfortable to hold yeah. um, and even things like the you know I I was feeling pretty iffy about things like the Joy-Con grip over something like a Pro controller um, but that's the main way I've been playing the console at this point and I feel like aside from the shoulder buttons feeling fairly tiny uh, which are totally necessary for when you're using it in Joy-Con mode. Um, uh, you know, aside from that, I feel like the controller is actually very comfortable. But uh, I'm really enjoying the hardware so far. Um, I've probably played about a 50-50 mix of on the TV and in handheld mode. And, you know, tonight is an, as an, excuse, me, excuse me. Tonight was an example of that where, you know, I was playing Zelda before bed. And then I was like, well, I should go to bed, but I want to, like, play for 20 more minutes. So I just grabbed it and, and went up to my bedroom. And, and to be able to do that is still something that seems really crazy and, and really cool and uh it's it's been a it's been a neat neat experience so far yeah. um you said software wise it's getting it it's very very bare bones at this point i know there's been a lot of controversy about the fact that there's literally no way to get saves off a console you can't even copy them to an sd card and, and back them up anywhere at this point so i you know i think it was definitely a case where nintendo just wanted to get these things out the door and of course not all that stuff i'm sure will come in the near future including things like netflix and, and you know not that we need another box that streams netflix but uh um 
the one kind of issue that I've been having is probably an issue that seems like a lot of people are having, and that's the left Joy-Con is a piece of shit, uh, uh, and it's something that... So, uh, what what scenarios are you running into problems with the left Joy-Con? Because I know that that particular unit is obviously causing problems with disconnect, um, but if... Um, so you're less yeah, than yeah. eight to ten feet away, and it's got line of sight. There's no problems, but I would love to hear your personal experience. I, I am I am less than eight to ten feet, and I have line of sight, and I am having problems. Um, okay. I'm probably it's it's probably about six and a half to seven feet from my television. Um, the switch itself is sitting on a on a shelf, um, just like a like the top of a small kind of bookshelf that doesn't really have anything else on it, and it's sitting there so that I can pull pull the console out very easily from the dock. Um, and uh, it, it's it happens. I probably have noticed it. S- 10 times in in all of my playing so far and and Michaela my fiance was the first one to notice it and she was the first time she was playing Zelda she something kept happening and and she was like it keeps like running and and I don't think I'm pressing it and I just was like well you're pressing something like you're doing it wrong uh and uh you know as the next time I played I realized that that was not the case and it's caused a few deaths in Zelda actually because all of a sudden I'm running off of this thing when I clearly stopped pressing the joystick forward uh two seconds before um and so I've tried the software fixes to you know fully disconnect the controllers and uh, reconnect them and have had no luck with that thus far um from everything I've read online Nintendo is being very good about fixing these and and from what i've read as well it, it does appear that as though they are actually repairing the units because some people that have sent them out and received them back it's the same serial number as the one they sent in so um so it seems like there's whether they're flashing some new firmware to them or actually physically doing something uh, it's hard to say at this point but it's now something did you had- uh, did you do uh, we had rumors floating around that when you updated the console to do it with the joy cons attached did you do that, or did you neglect to do that? Update the console with the Joy-Cons attached? Yeah. Uh, they were attached when because I updated it in handheld mode, basically gotcha. the first time, first time I turned it on. Gotcha. Um, and then some people said they were having success by actually going through the settings menu and fully unpairing the controllers, essentially, and then repairing them again. Oh, like, and, like recalibrating it? Uh, no, like, like essentially forgetting them from the console so that they, like, like our factory reset and uh, uh, pairing them again, and that hasn't solved it for me. Um, so yeah, what, it's just uh, a matter of I, I just haven't had an opportunity to phone Nintendo yet. Uh, what uh, what uh, colors did you get? Uh, so I got what I could, and so I have um, the I got the console with the gray uh, Joy Cons, and then I bought I got a second set of Joy Cons as well, uh, also in gray, which I haven't actually used yet. So I don't know if the left. Joy-Con in that set will have issues as well, but from what I've heard, people seem to be having better luck with the separately purchased ones. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, uh, yeah, I, uh, when I went to go pre-order, I was like fourth in line, and um, the I went to I, I didn't I didn't like the uh, the blue and green or the blue and red colors yeah. uh, particularly, but uh, I was um, I was there, and she's like, all right, we got fifty-eight of the grays and ten of the neons, and I was like, oh, I would like to change my pre-order, please, to. <laughs> To the the inherently much more uh, uh, scarce version. Yeah. Well, and it was something I thought I was like, uh, I I would prefer grays on the console just because I feel like the console, especially in handheld mode, 
I don't know, looks a little bit more adult, I guess, with the gray ones. But if the second set that I had, if if there were neon ones available anywhere at the time, I definitely would have picked up a set. But uh, yeah. I'm all all gray at this point. Gotcha, gotcha. One thing that happened as well. Sorry, just just to top it off. So. It was uh, like the Switch launched on Friday. I think I got mine on the Monday or Tuesday. And prior to that, uh, I was at work and a couple of people at work bought um, the Switch and brought it in. And they were like, yeah, I know you want one here. Like, like, see how mine feels, blah, blah, blah. And so, I, you know, I'm playing with someone else's uh, unit and (laughs) pop up... And I pop out the Joy-Con and, you know, I'm looking at the Joy-Con grip or whatever the slidey thing they call it is. And I put it on upside down. Um, have you guys done that yet? No, what happens? Well, so, you don't, so, like, so, don't or do? do I uh, don't do it. So so I put it on, you know, the minus facing the plus and slid oh, it on. Oh, oh, oh. And like the wrist stuck. straps? Yeah, the wrist straps. And it, like, it locked... Uh, in a weird way and then I was terrified because the amount of force that was required to push it off was like tremendous and and I feel like those are th- you, those are things that don't feel you know it doesn't feel good to slide that on or off when you are doing it the right way and doing it the wrong way was especially on a unit that was not mine and the very first time I'd ever slid one on was so scary and uh, it required a lot of force and it made a lot of noise coming off and then I, I at that at that time I didn't know I didn't realize that they were reversible that you could just flip it over so I assumed that I had put the wrong the wrong uh, wrist strap on and so I grabbed the other wrist strap slide it on thinking that oh this one was the wrong oh, one this one has to be the right one did the exact same thing <laughs> with that one and everybody was laughing at me and it was terrible um, but I haven't <laughs> done it on mine yet so <laughs> um, I've, you know, I've I haven't never ever tried to even put that on since the first I've time never I saw put it these wrist straps on so I'm gonna do that right now so yeah, after right, the first so time I didn't mi- even the minus it. has got to touch the minus and the plus has got to yeah. touch the plus yeah it, yeah and if you flip the wrist strap over you'll see there's a plus on that side too so I de- so the idea is that you can grab either one and just orient it the correct way and, and not have an issue but i did not look okay. at that or, or think about that the first time i tried it yeah and definitely slid it onto the wrong one gotcha and it's I mean, something yeah. i feel like the one piece of the and, and i mean it's a little piece of plastic but the one piece of the switch that feels feels and 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 seems cheap is when you're sliding those wrist straps on and off of the joy cons when you're doing it correctly it doesn't feel good it doesn't feel premium uh it feels cheap and uh um i i personally don't like how um uh dodgy the uh the screen is the plastic screen it is a plastic screen and i i understand you know being a family unit i kind of i can't understand that of course it's lower cost but i feel like it's also something where if a kid drops it a plastic screen is of course less likely to crack than a glass screen would um, and is less likely to cut little fingers than a glass screen would but yeah i would uh, being an adult i would naturally prefer glass and of course glass is going to look better and be more scratch resistant and i'm a big kind of anti-screen protector guy but the second my my, my chagrin yeah i hate screen protectors and i i think the very first thing that i've ever put a screen protector on was my nintendo switch and i did it the very second i took it out of the box oh this is it doesn't feel good does it no it doesn't no it was very difficult to to take off yeah you should put it on fucking backwards and try it (laughs) um josh what are your uh what are your impressions tell us about uh you picking it up and uh your impressions so far um yeah, just to echo what you guys were saying, I couldn't stand putting the wrist strap back on. Like, after the first time, I just never bothered again because it kind of scared me. And that was before I saw the videos of it getting stuck because it just doesn't really slide in well. It f- doesn't feel natural, I guess. Holy shit. 
Okay, well, so there's, the, that, like, that, there's that little lock switch, and I don't really know if it does anything, but it's like cheap <laughs> feeling, and and I, it looks like it was tacked on afterwards or something. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And like has, you know, there's has anybody has anybody used the the right Joy-Con in controller mode? Yeah, like uh, I yeah. use that while playing. like NES style. Yeah, the fucking thumbstick is so close to the buttons. Yeah, when yeah. I was playing Snipper Clips, I noticed that, and yeah, it feels terrible when you're playing it like that. Yeah, sorry like, for just sorry doesn't... for bogarting the conversation oh no problem but yeah that was something that we kind of touched on a little bit i think last week when we were talking about the wii u stuff but yeah the buttons are so close together but i mean outside of those two things those are probably the only two like very minor complaints that i've had about it uh overall i feel like it's a really impressive piece of machinery it can do like the way that it can seamlessly do both the portable and the home console modes and where you could just switch mid game if you want to i think is pretty incredible yeah, um, it's, uh, the for for me personally, the uh, the lack of delay was very very attractive. Like it, it yeah. just it just works. Which I was I was I, I don't know about you, but I was very um, curious to see how uh, how that would operate. Yeah, and it's also seamless. Like the only thing that I worry about is, and like a lot of the complaints that have been coming out about the Switch, you know, so I feel like about it's about fifty fifty on Nintendo and then like the other half of problems are like on people who just either just aren't being careful or might just be trying to nitpick but one of the things that I'm a little conflicted on is the whole thing where the screen's getting scratched by the base because I I haven't had that problem and I've always been really careful with it even before I saw the issue so part of me feels like you know if you're careful enough it shouldn't be an issue but at the same time it is a really close like fit and I feel like it would be that it would benefit from having the ability to kind of like maybe pull out the shell a little bit to give yourself a bit more space. Did you see the video? On, there was a video on YouTube of this guy and he was like just putting it in and out and in and out and in and out so roughly and was basically like, you know, if you're scratching your switch, you're doing something wrong because like he was being just so neglectful of doing it and, and had no scratches or anything like that on the unit itself. So I just sent you guys a link. CNET did a review of the kickstand and oh my gosh it's probably got- it's probably the funniest thing i've ever seen it's it's they like got destroyed for that article by the yeah. way whoa okay so the video currently is sitting at a thousand um 253 uh upvotes and thirty-eight thousand downvotes. Jeez. yeah um, one, one thing that i read today because the the i and sorry to to you know sorry to interrupt again josh one thing that i read today um, is the the kickstand is a piece of the device that feels fairly flimsy and it's kind of a soft rubber so I could see it like you know if you are trying to pop it out and you dig your nail into it I could see it like chipping over time or something like that I, I read a report today of someone that said that they had damaged theirs and they sell replacement ones for like four dollars or something so that that was nice to see that it wasn't like you know they weren't uh, just going overboard with accessory prices in terms of replacement items like that like four dollars for something like that is is less way less than i'd expect to pay for instance right for sure but i would never expect to run into that problem because i don't see myself ever using kickstand mode i try i try to i try to use it when i was in bed and it was miserable because i feel like the screen would be so small i mean it's it's big for when you're playing it as a portable but i feel like if you're gonna prop it up and use it as like a tv Mm -hmm. i did the other day because i i I put it on the table and played zelda while the boring matches on raw was on so pretty much the whole (laughs) episode the whole yeah 
<laughs> I like outside of maybe something like that, or if you're like on a plane or something where you're going to have it relatively close to you, I don't really see too much of a point in using it. But yeah, outside of that, I don't have hardware wise. I'm pretty impressed by it. I'm loving it so far. Haven't had any major issues. And then, like I said, outside of some of the ones like, say, the giant clumps of dead pixels some people were getting or the screens freezing or locking up and that kind of thing. I haven't had any issues with the left Joy-Con. I haven't had any issues with screen scratching. Like, it's worked like a dream for me for the most part. Like, the very, very first technical issue I had was actually right before we we were recording and I was trying to start... One two switch and it wasn't reading the game cards. So I had to like uh, blow try. on it. I actually, I actually did try that and it didn't work. But I mm. just had to try like putting it in like four or five times before it finally read it. Oh, weird. So I hope that's not going to be an ongoing thing. But outside of that, I haven't had any issues and I've actually just love using it. Um, Adam, uh, let's get let's get your experiences. Um. So first off, I do want to address a lot of the hardware issues that people have been having with this system. You know, this was like before launch and it seemed like people were starting to sort of get worried about this because, you know, people saw, oh, uploading all these things where the left Joy-Con's not working and, oh, I turn on my screen and it's like 80% dead pixels and all this stuff. The, the dock scratching, all of this stuff. And basically, I feel like, you know, I didn't have any of these problems, by the way. my Again, my Switch has been phenomenal so far. I'm sorry that Derek's having trouble with the Joy-Con, but my Joy-Con has been incredibly fine. Actually, what this reminds me of is the uh, PS4 launch, because I remember a lot of people talking about how the PS4 launch was disastrous for them. You know, they were like, oh, yeah, my PS4 just came bricked. Hmm. I just turned on the console and it was automatically bricked and all that stuff. So, um, you know, hardware launches, they're never going to, like, be 100% working across the board because, like, some things are going to slip through. You know, these these places that are manufacturing the consoles, they can't QA every single device. So obviously some are going to slip by. And it feels like even though, you know, you can have like five, six videos in a row showing people having troubles with it. But if it's like only those six people or if it's like only those 30 to 50 people who made a video about it, you know, that's still like almost less than 1% of people having problems with it. Because most people, like when I was at that switch line for the midnight launch, Almost nobody knew about any of those problems, and they, from what I know, they never had any of those problems. So, oh, you mean the, uh, the people like, that the people that you knew personally at that line? No, not not people who I knew personally, just people who were there, just casual people wanting to pick up a device. Gotcha. Um, yeah, they 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 had no idea about any of the stuff that was going on, and I think it just goes to show that you know, again, it's one of these things that the internet likes making a big deal of that's not really that big of a deal yeah i think the big i think the big thing especially at console launches and they and and something you know like this is picked up on every console launch like like you mentioned the ps4 uh xbox one i remember there was so many reports of units shipping Mm -hmm. with dead hard drives or not reading discs or whatever like right from launch um you know and, and of course that's the time where everyone is talking positively about these units coming out and and how excited they are and those are the moments where people are thinking should i get one should i look into this and those are the moments when you know negative articles that you can post are gonna get substantially more clicks than a positive one and it's also something where the people that have these units at launch that have issues those are the people that are going to the internet to write about it where of course everyone else is busy playing their playing their units right yeah and 
it's you know like i'm not gonna go right i'm not gonna i'm not gonna jump online and be like oh yeah my switch is all good no i'm gonna be too busy playing zelda like it's not gonna happen yeah and i feel like i feel like a lot of times the negativity is overblown when a new console comes out as far as hardware like the only time that i can think of a launch system having universal issues was when the 360 was like scratching discs if you rotated it while it was on. Yeah, scratching discs. Yeah. the red ring, well, all that stuff. Well, I mean, the red ring wasn't out, wasn't really widespread until a couple of years later. I'm just talking about like right at launch, where if you move the console while it was playing, which of course they say you're not supposed to move your console while it's playing in their defense, I guess. But at the same time, every system said that, and none of the other systems ever <laughs> none had of the other destroyed either. the discs. Yeah, yeah, but like outside of that. Every console launch... Oh, you know, it's another one, the PSP, that had, like, huge amounts of dead pixels, and that was fairly widespread, too, when it first launched. Which is funny, too, because now that people are getting on Nintendo's case for saying that they don't consider dead pixels a defect until oh, which it is like to something a amount. Every manufacturer has, like, rules of how many pixels are okay to be dead and stuff like that. Right, when the PSP well, had, like, a lot of them, and Sony said the same thing, and that was, what, like, 10... Wasn't it, like... Wasn't it on on the PSP? Wasn't it something like fifteen pixels there or something that it had to have before it was like considered faulty? Like it was something crazy for the low resolution that the display had. Yeah, something like that, and it was really noticeable on the PSP. It remember. was, yeah. But but yeah, outside of those two examples, I can't think of like a widespread hardware problem with launch units like at launch Mm -hmm. well like you were saying people were talking about the dead pixels and stuff and it's kind of funny about nintendo's stance on that because apparently like for the original like game boy and stuff their original stance on the dead pixels was like if you see anything like that then it's a dead pixel and it should not be there so it's kind of weird now to like jump to the switch and have that statement where nintendo's like oh yeah yeah that's just normal yeah, you know, can't see after screen. That's just normal. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's I, just I think normal. I think part of that too is but, that displays are so much higher resolution today that things like a dead pixel are harder to see. Whereas, for instance, on the original Game Boy, it had a screen resolution of 160 by 144 pixels. So any amount of pixels so, on a display, like the pixels are just simply massive on a yeah. display like that, and anything would be extremely noticeable. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's another thing I want to say. It's just like, oh, oh shit, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> no, anyways, uh, so we're talking about the dead pixels. Anyways, yeah, um, you know, a lot of people complaining about this, but it's like, you know, Nintendo has already come out and said, hey, if you're having trouble, call customer service, tell us, send your Switch in, we will help you fix it. It's like, so I feel like they they got onto that pretty quickly, and I really like that that they're sort of resolving this very quickly. But to go to the actual console hardware now, I love this thing. One of the biggest things is that even though all the features aren't quite there yet, I just love how how fast the system is. It is so nice and slick and clean. I turn it on, I click a game, or I go to a menu, it instantly goes there. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very snappy. I'm a huge fan of the solid-state media um, through and through. I think that uh, they really knocked out of the park with that decision. Yeah, another thing is, like, again, with the pairing controllers, that's really easy also. Just go to the main menu for the controller options. Or even uh, in there's some in-game stuff, like sometimes in Bomberman, there'll be, like, a thing where it's like, oh, press this button to switch all the Joy-Cons connected to horizontal mode automatically. It's like, oh, that's cool, you know? It's it's just really nice. Um, you know, the set the system settings are there. They're nice and streamlined. You can scroll down them. Another thing that people don't mention, but, you know, again, this is a, a touch-capacitive screen. You can touch it. <laughs> yeah. 
And I actually, I've actually been doing that a lot, more than I thought <laughs> I'd Touching it? Yeah, I've been touching it. Well, you know, with the uh, DS, Nintendo's, Nintendo's motto was touching is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was that? What was it touch the magic? Feel the magic? Yeah, feel the feel magic. Feel the magic by Sega. Oh my gosh. Squirt, squirt the magic. Um, that game. Yeah. Uh, Still want a copy of Touch Dick. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking. Um, how much is that? I gotta, I, I gotta see how much that's going for on eBay. Um, <laughs> can I, uh, can I give uh, uh, my thoughts on the uh, the console? Now I, I thought mean, we were yeah, gonna yeah, sure. and move on. Definitely. I, I just want to say a couple more things, but um, again, the portability of it is great. There have been times where I'm like, oh gosh, I really want to do something, and then I'm like, oh duh, it's it's portable. So I just you know take it out. Uh, no screen scratches. I I feel like the screen scratch thing is like I, I feel like it's people just putting it in harder than they should be. So because I've had no problem with it, I've been careful, no scratches. But I love how basically twice already I've been to the movies, you know, waiting for Logan or Beauty and the Beast to start. I'm just like, you know what? I want to play Zelda or I want to play Binding of Isaac. I just take it out and start playing it. Yeah, and it's it, great. It's did um do you have a carrying case for it? Yes, I do. Gotcha. Um, I think that um, uh, can I can I can I take charge or, or is that all your thoughts? No, yeah, just, go for it. Um, go on. I uh, I think um, I absolutely am in love with the console. Uh, I had the same. I have to parrot everything that Derek said. I opened it up. I'm like, damn, this is like when they handed me the box. I was like, damn, this is small. Like my my Zelda special edition box is bigger than the uh, the Switch console box, and there was nothing. I I I definitely feel like I overpaid. For the special edition um, Zelda, um, I I got it primarily for the um, the Sheikah case, um, and because uh, it looks just really badass and all that good stuff. But it, it wasn't an extra like forty dollars badass. Um, and the other stuff that it's came a with massive it, massive case too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's beefy. It's and it's it's attra- it's attractive. But like I got the coin, the soundtrack, and like the map. It was all it was all super chintzy. Um, so I felt like I overpaid for that, but the console worth every penny. I actually, money has been like super, super tight and I was thinking about returning the thing. Um, but, uh, I mean, I don't want to get like, like too, you know, preachy or personal, but, um, I fired up, uh, Zelda and got to the temple of time in the very beginning. And I felt like I was reliving Christmas of 97, like all over again. It was like, it was a massive, massive, like, you know, I'm in this world, I get to explore it, everything is new and beautiful, um, but it, it, it struck a chord with me, and I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting rid of, uh, I'm not getting rid of this console, it's, it's too much for, too good for my mental health, um, I hate how small the, uh, shoulder buttons are, the L and the R buttons, um, uh, and, and for Zelda, I, f- I wish that we could remap them because the, the tiny shoulder shoulder buttons compared to the ZLZR, um, I would have liked to have those swapped. Um, the the dock is surprisingly cheap. Um, I feel like the dock they could have uh, you know they could have put some bumpers on there to you know protect the screen, but the dock just feels uh, cheap and chintzy. Um, there's been some people on Twitter that have dismantled the dock and have repackaged all the the hardware into like a breakout box and then just used a USB-C extension cable to plug it into the the unit so Excuse you me. don't have to you don't have to slide into the dock anymore um i i have noticed a slowdown in 1080p mode um i uh I, I believe I believe that once the third party people start getting on this this console, there's going to be third party docks that um, uh, I don't know have uh, external processor supported upscaling. Um, so that's gonna... one of the 
So one of the things I read on that is that it may not actually be possible on the console due to the type of USB spec that it uses. It's like one before the external GPU stuff was supported or something like that. Interesting. Um, I just read that yesterday. Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, I never underestimate the power of, you know, third party. Uh, For sure. Um, I Because uh, when I was waiting in line to pick up the console, I saw uh, a device that was um, a unit you would plug into um, your, uh, your Wii U and you could save... Um, amiibo states and you could have like mm, a, yeah, yeah. like uh so i was like oh well i mean i didn't even think that was possible but i guess you know you know you reverse engineer something and you can it's very true you can manufacture it um other than that yeah like the the kickstands kind of like whatever um i think the unit as a whole is is amazing i i i have to agree with adam that it's super easy to carry around and just whip it out and play something um pun intended and um I uh I'm I'm really really happy with it. I'm really really happy with Zelda. Um, I'm waiting for uh, Mario Kart Deluxe and Splatoon. Um, we're gonna be this week is the Splatfest test fire, so I'm gonna be uh, jumping on board and playing that as uh, much as much as possible. Um, and we're we... all gonna be playing together, right? Yes, yes, yes. Josh, I need to add you. <laughs> I have Adam. Well, we're, I have Adam on my. Playing to, go ahead. We're playing together. I better get my smartphone device out. Oh, yeah. oh wait, can like is that gonna be a thing for the, the Splatfest? No, it's gonna be in the summer. So basically, when the game actually comes out. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I need I need to add Josh. I, my friends list consists of um Adam. Um, you remember the uh uh Jeff and um fuck I can't from the Overwatch team. No, from um uh, Zoms. <laughs> you, you remember them? No. Z- the Zoms guy, Derek. I remember the Zoms guy. I don't remember his name though. Yeah. Well, there's there's Jeff and his brother. Um, I can't remember, but I have I have Adam and one of the Zoms guys. Uh, and uh, Derek from Mega sixty or uh, Rocco from his Mega sixty four. Um, uh, but, uh, I feel like. Go ahead. W- one of the uh, issues with the console software wise right now is why are we still using friend codes? Or it's like like somebody was like. Somebody at work was like, "Oh, I'm gonna add you." I'm like, "Okay, I don't know my friend code." And he's like, "It's okay. Do you still play Mitomo?" And I was like, "I opened that like once, and it's not been on my phone for like six months." And I still downloaded Mitomo, re-signed into Mitomo, and had him add me through Mitomo because less cumbersome than adding a fucking friend code. <laughs> Dude, get Fire Emblem <laughs> well, and do it that way. People are still playing Fire well, Emblem. Oh, you! I didn't realize you could well, do a Fire Emblem. That would have that would have worked. And uh, Derek, I'm pretty sure, let me check, but I'm pretty sure you can add people via wireless, like the 3DS. Yeah, but I was, I did not have my Switch on me. Ah, uh, okay, let me see. Um, like, I just so, should just be able to, yeah. like, like if I jump into the Xbox app, if I'm like, hey, what's your gamer tag? Four seconds later, I can add you. But, like, who, how many, who, why is it that freaking string of numbers in 2017? Yeah, so right now... Right now, you can search for local users, search for users you've played with online, search with friend code. Are there even any online? And then, of like, course, uh, search, search via um, the Mitomo, the mobile yeah. apps like Mitomo, Fire Emblem, and Mario Run. Yeah, it's all seems Also, they have basically confirmed that um, basically the, on, the whole online infrastructure isn't completely there yet. Yeah. So the friend codes are actually very temporary. Okay. In that later on, they will add a thing that will allow you to add friends via username. I, I, still, I still think that's super egregious to have a huge talking point of all of their uh, pressers leading up to the release of the console to then uh, come out and say, oops, sorry, yeah, friend codes. Well, well, and, and well, why not instead of friend codes, 
just have names. Yeah, right? Like, why did they just start with that? Yeah, because um, I, I, you went and you link your your online ID with your Nintendo account. Yeah, why can't um, they look for that? Why can't they look for the name that I chose on my Nintendo, on a, like on a Nintendo website? Why can't they it, look for that instead on I, the console I, itself? I can't fathom. The only thing that like, uh, Devil's Advocate is, is maybe they just haven't, you know, integrated the the account to the console because everything is so super console based with Nintendo which is really yeah. uh it's really problematic, you know. I hate using that word. I hate You're using really that word. You're really problematic. Yeah, I am, all right? Okay. Okay. It's opposite opposite of milk toast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh let's talk about let's talk about titles real quick. Uh Derek, why don't you just let us know what um your thoughts about some of the stuff you've been playing? Yeah, so I've been playing a bunch of Zelda, um, and this is like uh, like I pick up Zelda, you know, two weeks or whatever after Horizon Zero Dawn, which I love and would love to get back to someday, but I feel like I never will because Zelda is f- amazing, and yeah. uh, it's something where and I and I brought it up before, but I'm not super into a lot of open world games. I just feel like they get kind of overbearing and overcomplicated Tedious. and you know when i see a map and there's seven thousand different icons on it and i have to look at the legend to figure out what do you, the icons even do every single time i look at the map like that's too much and i really love <coughs> ubisoft yeah, yeah i was just gonna say assassin's creed one <laughs> uh and i really love in zelda it's almost like you are like rather than me looking at a map to figure out what i should do next or what the closest thing to me is like you're literally encouraged to just oh what's that over there that's interest like you're building the map as you go and you're putting down the thing you know oh here's a cooking pot i'm gonna put an icon there because this seems like it could be useful later or i'm having trouble with this shrine i'm gonna put a star on it or whatever so that i can come back to it you know when i have some better tools like to be able to kind of build the map out as you go is something that's really cool and something that i don't think i've really seen before um it and was, i just love uh, go oh, ahead f- finish finish your thought and let me jump I, in I, I just love how it the whole thing just feels it feels expansive but it feels simple and maybe simple is not the right word and, it, and it's not like simple for simple sake but it feels like streamlined and it feels very efficient at, at everything that it throws at you um and it and it's I, I don't know. I, I don't have anything. I wish it. I wish it ran a little better. Of course, in TV mode on the Switch. Um, and I think I don't know that if I don't know that that would be due to anything with the console and the power of the console. I think it's got to be due to just being poorly optimized due to the fact that it was, you know, developed for the Wii U first, and the architectures are very different. Um, yeah. You know, I hope in any case that that's the case, and that you know we're not already seeing legitimate slowdown issues on a on on at launch of this console. Um, I think it has to be more with optimization. Uh, yeah, and, and that that goes just look at the 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 end cycle of any console compared to its launch titles. And totally, yeah, yeah. So. Um, so that yeah. will uh, th- th- that'll get ironed out. Yeah, yeah. So so Zelda's been brilliant. Um, I also picked up uh, Bomberman, which uh, my fiance and I played for about an hour, and we had a lot of fun with. Definitely not worth the asking price of eighty dollars Canadian, but uh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> but we're having fun with it at this point. Well, wait, I didn't wait, actually... that's like ten dollars US. Why don't yeah, you I know, buy a right? bunch and... I. Uh, and, and the great thing is the only thing I actually paid for was the Switch console because of the uh, amazing trade-in uh, bugs that 
uh, GameStop had going on here. So I traded in a bunch of old crap and got like $600 in credit. So I bought all my Switch stuff that was not the console with that credit um, and have pre-orders of like ARMS and Mario Kart and stuff like that coming in the next couple of months. Cool. But Zelda, uh, Zelda's great. Uh, the other game, Bomberman's pretty fun, but not worth the price. I've actually been... I, I've read nothing but negative things about one, two switch. I've played it for about 90 minutes and I feel like it's super fun. Um, and it's something where, you know, we have people over fairly often. I feel like that, that game seems like it's going to be a blast, uh, with a bigger group. Uh, I don't think I've even made it through all of the games yet, but, but, uh, and yeah, some of it's like stupid, but like, well, I, well they're all stupid. They're all idiotic, but they're all just, I feel like they're just designed <laughs> to make people uncomfortable and make you laugh. And, at, you know, in terms of those two things, every single one did that, you know, whether I was laughing at, you know, the absurdity of how the other people person looked or the, the just how absurd, absurd the game is in general. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's doing its job at that. And as a party game, I feel like it's a freaking blast. Um, and then Snipper Clips as well is probably one of the hidden gems on there. Um, you know, for the 30 bucks or whatever I paid for it, it's got, uh, it's playable with, I mean, it's meant for co-op. You can play it by yourself, but you're switching around people and it's stupid, but it's meant for two. There's a different campaign for two players or up to four players. And um, it's super cute. And there's a free demo and it's hard to not get hooked on. And it's, it's, you know, you are arguing with each other as you're playing it, trying to figure out what the best course of action to finish each level is. And then, you know, once you finally stop getting, you know, stop arguing about it and finish it, then you like <laughs> run at each other and try to kill each other at the end of the level. And I don't know, it's a, it's super fun. And it's, I feel like it's definitely like a launch hidden gem. Cause it's kind of the game I haven't heard many people talk about or any of the other people that I know that have one. It doesn't seem like any of them have picked it up, but I'm really enjoying that one as well. I am. Um, I really, uh, the more I see about the game, the more I, I, I'm, I want to pick it up, but I still think it, I think it's drastically overpriced. I um I wanted to touch on something you said briefly about the map system in um mm. uh, Zelda. I um I, I I think I don't think I've witnessed a open world environment this amazing since um and I th- and it had the same like you know aura of awe and wonder than when I first played Oblivion. Um mm. when I walked out when you walk out of the sewer in Oblivion. And it's like, all right, go. Um, granted, that game still had like a glowing triangle you were supposed to follow. Um, but in the the t- on the tutorial island in in Zelda, the old man that you meet says, "Okay, well, I'm gonna meet. Uh, I'll meet you at a uh, at this place. Um, it, the only way you can find it is if you were to draw draw lines between all the shrines, and where they cross is where I'm gonna meet." And I was like, "What the fuck does that mean? Like, just show it to me." <laughs> And then I looked at the map and I drew drew an X. And I'm like, oh my god, it's right there. And then I started noticing that people, th- there's a lot that you have to remember organically. So screenshot going button. To, that's what the screenshot oh, button's for. Uh, well, no, no, that's cheating. Um, oh. But stuff you cheating stuff that you have to remember organically. Um, and I would think that screenshotting it would cheapen the experience. But um, uh. Like getting directions to go to one of the villages, like oh, go up this hill. You're gonna oh yeah, not cro- there. But I yeah. but I feel like you'll go to a, a like horse place, whatever they call those things. And stables. 
stable <laughs> and uh you know Horse someone will be place. like oh man if you go over to this valley that you've never heard of and look to the left and it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon and there's a chicken to your left then you'll might see this like it's some of it's just so complicated that it's like i'm never gonna i've already forgotten the last screen uh you know before i hit that a button to come to some new text so uh yeah i feel like stuff like that is very useful for but yeah, you, it, the guidance by the landscape itself, as you just mentioned, kind of with the dueling peaks or whatever they call it, like stuff like that was very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. And um, like uh, finding, you get to a point where you have to go to places that um, you had visited in the past before you got put into stasis sleep. And just just wandering around the countryside trying to line these pictures up was just so, it felt so... I don't know it felt it felt organic and it felt powerful and it felt like I was actually doing something and I wasn't just um following um following a waypoint um mm-hmm. and uh, after you do the tutorial island and you you talk to some people and it's like basically the game's like hey go save the world and I was running around doing like some side quests and like cooking and, and going through the shrines but then I was like all right well it's time to do the story where does it where does the game want me to go and I looked at the map and there was four points. It's like, all right, save the world. And I Googled it and basically like, yeah, you can just go to whichever one you want. Like there's no order. Like some of them are going to be harder than others, but there's no, there's no order. Just save the world. And I, at that moment I was just like, holy shit, this is, this is something new. This is something amazing. This is something unique that, that I, I want, I want to see, I want to see more of, I want to see more of it. It wasn't like, you know, games like Assassin's Creed where it's like, hey, right, here's your next story mission. No, mm-hmm. no, no. It was like, just save the world. And yeah. Do and it, you could do as much in as little. Yeah. And you can do as much in as little as you want. I think it's really cool that you could actually just go straight to the last boss and beat the game without doing anything else. Yeah. And it's, it's very dark souls like, um, where the, um, uh, if you're good enough at the game, you can do a, a, a naked three three heart beat the game. You can literally go to Hyrule Castle, and there's actually like a way to sneak in, and people do that. Like, hey, if you sneak into Hyrule Castle early, you get access to all this good gear, um, but it's super, super, super hard. Um, but yeah, yeah, if you're good enough, you can just go beat the game right up. Um, Josh, why don't you uh, why don't you keep going on some of the heart? Because uh, that's the only title that I've played, um, so I don't have much else to say. That this 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 game is probably going to edge out bioshock infinite as the best game i've ever played wow. and you guys and you guys you guys know how much i jerk off bioshock infinite um is bioshock infinite really your highest caliber when it comes to games um it's not my favorite game <laughs> it's not my favorite game but i have to cons- i i think it's probably the overall best game i've ever played and i could i could uh, go back and listen to old episodes i've completely ranted and raved about why I think that game is the best game I've ever played. Um, wow, and you get on other people for not, uh, for liking uh, Uncharted 4. Uncharted 4 is bad. It is bad. Uh, obviously, obviously uh, sure. Puyo Puyo Tetris is a much better game than... <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. Though. I mean, Shane no, hasn't but... had the opportunity to play that one yet, though, so... No, I have. I, I got a Japanese account, and I downloaded it, and I was like, wait, it's just Puyo Puyo Pop versus Tetris. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it's the best crossover since the Flintstones met the Jetsons. I can't, be- I can't believe that we. I, what, what do you not understand? I can't believe that we somehow came around to saying that Bioshock Infinite is a worse game than Uncharted Four. It's, I don't, I'm not even that attached to Bioshock Infinite, and I'm insulted. Anyway, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm not going to talk too much about Zelda because, for one, I feel like you guys pretty much covered 
up and down like all the amazing qualities of the game plus i feel like down the road once all of us have actually like finished it or got farther in that that could serve as a good enough like full episode separate from just the overall switch stuff but one thing i do want to touch on that i didn't hear either of you guys mention yet is how much better the character development is in this zelda compared to the other games because you know while zelda has always been say more story focused than your marios and such like a common complaint with most nintendo games is that it doesn't have a very strong story or in the case of zelda it's always like the same different ways to tell the same story since the nes where you just save zelda uh fight ganon da 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 but the way that this game is set up where Zelda is essentially the only one who's still like who's still left who's fighting off Ganon by herself while you're basically off trying to rebuild the b- rebuild the army that they had that defeated Ganon the first time around adds a really spoilers is that really a spoiler it's like they tell you that in like the first like 30 minutes of the game uh, I guarantee you there are some people who still haven't even started the game yet. Yeah, well, then, eh. But, I mean, that's, that's like, the core of the whole thing. And the way that I haven't gotten too far into the story yet, as far as, like, all the side missions. Because one great thing about it, too, is just that the exploration aspect, it's so easy to just... It's, like, it's empty enough to where you feel like you want to be able to search every nook and cranny but there's enough to find where it feels like a constant set of breadcrumbs where it's like you find one thing and you're like oh okay i did that let me just do this one thing that's nearby and then i'll stop playing and then that leads to something else and that leads to two more things and it becomes a very addictive experience to the point where all of a sudden you don't realize that you just spent four hours like doing all these small things that add up to such a uh, large rewarding experience but overall i think like the only story mission that i finished was the zora level and i feel more attached to the zora characters in this game already than i felt towards any of the characters in any other zelda game and that's just that one aspect i still have like you know three more story missions the optional memories to find and then the eventual climax of the game so it's blo- you know it's blown away all my expectations so far and i was already looking forward to it quite a bit but outside of zelda i spoke plenty in the past about how i thought the i don't think there was anything more sad than when i was so excited about having the brand new switch and then i loaded up the eShop and it only had those <laughs> nine games and like half yeah, of them. that was I, I have to agree that was really uh it was really discouraging like i was like oh my god this is such an empty ecosystem <laughs> There's nothing yeah. here. Yeah, and like half of them were like ports of other stuff. But I mean, the games, now that a couple of weeks have passed, they have, I feel like, filled out the uh, library a bit more with some more gems outside of like the ones we've talked about. Uh, as far as Fast Remix, which no one's mentioned yet, which did come out at launch, um, that game, I can't really compare it to Fast Racing Neo because I didn't play too much of that one. But this game just feels a lot smoother from what I played in comparison the first time around and it's just a really beautiful game it's hard to believe that it's just a you know that's rhythm like a digital game only oh fast remix no that's a different yeah, isn't that just a, like, a rhythm game right no it's a racing game oh what's what's that what's that uh weeaboo like rhythm game that's on the market oh voice that was, was. the one or yeah that was the one i was going to talk to about after this but this one is essentially if you haven't played fast racing neo or fast remix it's essentially like wipeout meets ikaruga where it's like the boosting pads are different colors and you can change the color of your car to match it to be able to boost faster whereas they'll slow you down if you're the opposite color and on top of that it's like the whole futuristic like thousand miles an hour type racing style yeah so i mean it's a lot of fun it has 
like a new hero mode that is trying to mirror that impossible mode from F-Zero GX that was really hard to beat. It has like your t- uh, standard Grand Prix and your versus mode. It feels slightly bare, but outside of that, the gameplay is really solid. The tracks are a lot of fun. It looks gorgeous. Um, but yeah, then then next we move on to, Vo- I believe it's Voice or Vos, whatever it's called. No one pronounces this shit for me. But yeah, it's it's such a it's such a beautiful game, which is weird to say when the entire game just consists of like icons flying across the screen but it has like i think it's 120 130 something songs just out of the package for 25 bucks uh three different difficulty levels and it's really interesting the way that it integrates the touchscreen to play so there's like different notes some that you tap some that you hold which is kind of typical and then there's ones that you kind of slide your finger across almost like you're moving them across keys on a keyboard cool and it gets really intense on higher difficulties and it's really rewarding and fun when you kind of when everything starts to click especially though because like the menu not the menu but the interface will change in accordance to like the buttons you're pushing sometimes so it keeps it feeling really dynamic while you're playing as well who's your uh, favorite waifu from this game well there's really no characters but that's the weird thing about the game and like my only real complaint about it is that it has hundreds of achievements and each achievement that you unlock uh like unlocks a little bit of story that really has nothing to do with the game it's just a story about like these like these high school kids that are like going through their daily lives or whatever uh, the one in the purple hair oh yeah but when you <laughs> but when you go through the uh when you go through the achievement list you can only unlock the achievements in the order that they tell you to so there was plenty of times where it would and they're also all over the place difficulty wise so like one of the first achievements was like beat any song on the hardest difficulty and then i beat that one and all of a sudden like five achievements unlocked at the same time for all the easier stuff that i already did but it wasn't unlocking until i beat that first one because it has to go in order for whatever reason no lame so like to get the story it's going to take a really long time especially because it's so uh, all over the place difficulty wise so you've but, made you've made a lot of purchases in the e-shop what's what's that process like is it is it any worse or or is it painless <laughs> it's painless because there's so few games on the store so it's easy to find what you're looking for but yeah it's relatively straightforward and like you guys are saying about the console interface itself it's so much faster like you just click on the thing it deducts the money that's in your account or it asks you for a credit card if you don't have enough and it downloads fairly instantaneously it's much improved compared to the other games and other systems that nintendo's put out before uh but then i can't i can't talk about the library without talking about one two switch since i just picked it up and i'm kind of the opposite of Derek, where i feel like outside of maybe like six of the games like most of them are just so low effort that it's almost embarrassing like there's somewhere there's somewhere i have no idea how it even works because the game in a lot of cases does a terrible job of explaining that's what half you're the fun to do. Uh, like the wizard one i i the wizard one i played neither it like do i but i had a blast i still don't know what the hell is going on <laughs> <laughs> like there's a there's like well, a telephone one where you both just put your joy cons down and then you wait for a telephone to ring and then the first person to pick up have the you phone played the wins. ball count one it's so bizarre um uh, I that was that was really that one was fun. really was interesting one of the really and unique just because it's like it feels crazy like you can actually feel yeah like yeah, you can actually feel really the, really... like it, that was the first thing that you know they they made such a big deal of the HD rumble and it's something that you know because it's a port or whatnot you don't feel it all in Zelda and that was the first time I think I really noticed something taking advantage of it and I was quite blown away yeah that game was fantastic now on the other hand ball counting I thought 
didn't work as well as it should have, and that also relied on the HD rumble. Because I that, that's what, what what are you talking about? Didn't I say ball count? Oh no, I yeah. thought I thought you, you said, said oh I thought count. you said vault. No, I have not played the vault one, but I thought the oh. ball count one oh, was really save crackers. That's a great. I thought, no, the, save... I, th- I thought the ball counting one was quite impressive. I felt like every time that it went above three, that it didn't feel right. Like it was, mm. I like both me and Megan's like sat there moving it really slowly, not even really competing, just trying to count and. I swear to God, over and over again, I only felt three, and then I picked three, and then it said four. And I was oh, like, yeah. how? I even went after it was over with and, like, was rolling it, and there was always one I didn't <laughs> feel. So I don't know what the case was that with yeah. that was. But the vault one is actually really good, where you're supposed to turn, you're supposed to turn like, a dial on a combination lock, and w- it's, like, a real combination lock with, like, 60 different, like, little pins, and, like, the oh, one... Wow one out of 60 feels different slightly different from the in the rumble compared to all the rest and you're supposed to hold it there for a certain amount of time and then rotate it a different way Mm. but yeah i mean it has its good points and its bad points but the large majority of it either didn't work was explained poorly or was very 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 low effort and i really don't know why they expected people to pay 50 dollars for this like it really and we said this when they first announced it and when they first revealed it and now that i've played it it is is even more it's like the it's even more the case that this should have been a pack-in there's no way that they really realistically should expect people to spend fifty dollars on this it's i don't know it's just so weird another one too was like i I wish i wish it was only fifty (laughs) dollars yeah i uh, I have to i think i think that consensus is is the same across the board it's not worth it like it should have been it should have been like the wii sports yeah for sure and that's essentially what it is but except that we sport unless we but i'm mixing my words here um it's pretty much what it is except that wii sports was free and this is 50 dollars. yeah same thing with nintendo land also because i have to say i i still love nintendo land i think that's still one of the best uses of the wii u for our info go to our wii eulogy last week go check out episode 106 but um i i guess do you want me to go into my games now yeah unless josh is uh Uh, that's all i have to say yeah Okay, well, um, Josh, one thing I want to add before the games for the eShop is, uh, Nintendo, I hope you, uh, patch up the eShop soon so we can, like, keep our credit card info. Can you not keep your credit card ridiculous. info? That's No, what? you have to put it in every single time. Well, look, I'd rather put yep. it in every single time than have what happened with fucking PlayStation. <laughs> well, that's just Sony because they get hacked, like, every yeah. week. But, you know, yeah, so uh, Nintendo, fix that. But other than that, yeah, I have been uh, loving the game so far. Yeah, the the initial launch day was pretty barren, but I feel like it didn't take long to get to already start getting a lot of stuff onto the eShop in digital goods. Like um, all those Neo Geo games that just randomly appeared, I think like that's great. That's like sort of like a holdover for virtual console right now. Like, I love how weird the games are. You have something really realizable, like uh, Metal Slug, mm-hmm. and then you have something really weird, like Waku Waku 7. Yeah. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm looking at the eShop right now, and there was somebody on another podcast, I can't remember what show it was, that said um, this, this platform is going to be good for... Um, th- there, was this, there was this... The last couple of years, there was a huge influx of... Uh, mid-tier um not you know not triple a not double a not a but like b level games that blew up um 
uh, on Steam. Indie games like um, Binding of Isaac and um, you know small titles like that. That I'd say Binding of Isaac is more than just a B uh, title. That's that's pretty much like an A double A well, title. It was title it was by made by a small team. It it wasn't. It didn't get console release until after it completely blew up and they could afford it. it I would say that that at launch was a B title that got a cult following that elevated it. Yeah, I would say, yeah, like I think well, it's going to be kind of a haven for these tiny indie titles that, you know, like like Binding of Isaac, which I, you know, I remember when the game came out however many years ago and it was tiny and, and, and it took a while to gain a following and... I think it's going to be that just from what I've heard of on how Nintendo is representing themselves in terms of indie developers this time around and both the ease of development, you know, with the system supporting uh, Unity and everything like that. I think it's going to be a big difference this time around. And I'm really excited for Stardew Valley to come with multiplayer. Yeah. 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 And so but I'm, I'm looking yeah. at the store, um, Finding of Isaac, Little Inferno, Human Resource Machine and World of Goo, which are all these I mean, they blew up and became A-title games with a huge following, but at release, they were these small B-level games. And I think that yeah. um, I think that this um, platform, these kind of games are going to explode, explode in like a good way. Yeah, and I, I... I remember when World of Goo was on the, when, on the Wii Shop channel. Yeah, and I think, too, an important distinction to make is that like saying a game is B-level isn't like representative of its quality i think it's more just Mm -hmm. like representative of like the budget that went into it and the production and that kind of stuff i think we were kind of i think like adam and the rest of us kind of had a different idea of what we meant by a triple a versus like b title yeah 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 so um like uh, a triple a title would be that garbage uh, uncharted 4 <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah. uh so adam sorry uh sorry to cut you off uh finish your thoughts yeah anyways um another thing i sort of do like how nintendo is like rolling this out again because it's like oh yeah there might not be everything there on the first day but we're gonna like start adding a bunch of stuff like every week We'll make sure to start, like, adding a bunch of stuff, like, every week. Um, you know, again, we just got World of Goo, all the Tomorrow Corporation games, Isaac, you know, all these Neo Geo games. Apparently, there's going to be another uh, wave of Neo Geo games coming very soon. Which which seems um, seems to me so... Sn- Snake Pass. Yes, yeah, Snake Pass coming out. Snake Pass is coming out at the end of the month. I am so excited for that game. I, and I think it was... It was... I thought it was an error when I saw it in the eShop. Like, all right, we're going to launch our console. And the very first virtual console that you can get games for was one of our direct competitors in the 90s. Like, like we, we don't have SNES games. We don't have 64 games. You know, NES, nothing. Neo Geo, which, which you know... I'm fine with that. Neo Geo console is amazing. Those games are, are brilliant, but it it's it seemed it seemed indicative of the direction that Nintendo wants to go. Um, there, does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yes, okay. yes, yes. I can definitely tell Virtual Console is going to be extremely better than it was on the Wii U already because. It's going to be more like the Wii, which is a good thing, because yep. the Wii had some amazing Virtual Console titles, and then the Wii U completely shat the bed, threw up on it, <laughs> and then shat it a second time. The thing about the Neo Geo um, games, I think, is that a lot of them were on collections that were already released for previous Nintendo consoles. So I'm yeah. actually a big... I don't talk about it too much, because they don't have a whole lot of new releases these days, but... I'm a huge Neo Geo fan, but I saw those games, and I was like, nah, I don't need to own them for, like, the fifth time. <laughs> yeah. 
so Adam, 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 finish uh, up, and then we'll. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, going back, going back to my stuff. Um, I'm really happy the way indie games are going. I'm really glad they're finally putting some sort of better quality control on the Switch. But anyways, going quickly through the game, Zelda. I love it. It's great. Nothing that you guys haven't said already. I love exploring. I love just doing a main mission and then completely getting sidetracked for like two hours. Uh, one, two, switch. I'm going to side with Derek on this. I just played this with uh, my family last night. We had a great time. Um, Samurai Training is one of our favorite games. We absolutely love the mini games in this game. I actually really enjoy one, two, switch. You know, the thing about Samurai Training is that when we were playing it, it went so long because it felt like, imp- unless the other person wasn't paying attention, it felt impossible to lose so we just eventually threw the match because it, we were literally playing for like six minutes straight just going back and forth. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Mm. Well, we we've been, we been use a lot of uh, dirty tricks and fake out moves with, with us and our family. So, <laughs> it can get Keep pretty Keep your tense. clothes on? Um, <laughs> mm, you don't want to know about the our, uh, our strip contest with one switch No, not really. No, but, the, um, runway, with the, runway, Bob- <laughs> the runway minigame? <laughs> Yo, that'd be fun um, to do with your dick out. What about Super the milk Power one? Man R. This... Oh, milk. I love milk. Yeah, milk, samurai training, all, uh, both the quick draws. I just... I really think I like them as a whole. Uh, the party mode. I like the group party mode. That's fun. Splitting up into teams and then doing it, like, board game style. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, um... Anyway, Superman R. This is a video game made by Konami that plays like a video game and is good. And that's just... I love it. It's classic Bomberman. Uh, multiplayer is great. I've already played it with a couple friends. I think being able to have eight players, like... Like eight Joy Cons or eight Pro Controllers are a good mix. Like just an eight player local match that is just mind blowing. Um, and I love how dedicated Konami is actually to improving the game because they've already come out and said, hey, we're dedicated to constantly patching this game and improving things. So, you know, tell us about your play experience. And, you know, I, I think this, if they keep it this up, this could potentially be some small steps towards redemption for Konami, because I actually really like Super Bomberman art. Yeah. Um, Puyo Puyo Tetris. I love this game. I understand you guys um, aren't that fond of it, but... Um, <laughs> it's not that I'm not I that fond of it, in- I, just don't under- I just don't see why it's like this huge system mover or whatever. Well... Well, I, I I love it. It's a quirky little title from Japan. It's coming west. Basically, like, there's a demo on the Japanese eShop, but the main storyline is basically, like, it's a Puyo Puyo game, but basically it's like Tetris pieces start falling from the sky and invading the world, except this time Adam Sandler's not the hero. <laughs> um, and it's, it's just a really fun, quirky game. I love... Just, like, how weirdly customizable this game is. You can, like, customize what the Puyos look like, what the Tetrises look, the Tetraminos look like. You can, like, change the background. All the characters have, like, uh, other voice dialogues that you can get with, like, um, in-game points when you do that. So, so there's, a, there's a, really a lot of stuff, game there's a lot of stuff that's there that um, uh, I just wasn't <sighs> witnessing in the demo. <laughs> Well, the demo only gives you two yeah. modes, but I have actually played the full version because I imported it last year for my Xbox One. It is such a great game. The full version is 
really good. Uh, and lastly, Blaster Master Zero. This is a game that, again, was one of those surprising games when you saw it during the indie showcase, and you're like, whoa, that's happening? Oh, wow, it's next week? Yeah, see, seeing uh, and, um, Blaster Master come out was, was kind of a... Uh, it was it was surprising. Yeah, um... Oh, oh I completely forgot HD Rumble. Um, I actually enjoyed it in 1-2-Switch. Um, I feel it in Puyo Puyo Tetris, like when you hard drop something, I can feel like the Tetris piece dropping. Um, and same thing with Blaster Master Zero, that also um, has HD rumble. Like there are some certain parts when you're doing like the overhead sections where sometimes there'll be this like giant wave that tries to crash on you and you have to like take shelter. And like you can feel that like water rushing through the area. Oh, really? And yeah, I this was a review copy provided to me by Integrates. Thank you. And I, I really enjoyed this. You know, it's a bit easier than the original. It's about eight hours long, but I think it's a great introduction, sort of a nice little reboot slash sequel to the original Blaster Master. And it's it's just a fun little game all around. It's only 10 bucks, so, like, go for it, definitely. Hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, any, anybody else got final thoughts on the console? I wish that, uh, you know, I feel like they were just missing one eye from the name of the console, and, and it could have been a whole lot better. The Switch, Nintendo um, Switch. I feel like the way that they should have done this is that they should have added the extra I, took away the S, the T, the C, the H, added a U there, um, added a second screen, more like a gamepad, you know, and made sort of made it primarily a home console. But I don't think they'd ever do that. Uh, Adam, I, I, think I would. They, I, would I think like they to... forgot they did that too. <laughs> Adam, I would like to get. I would like to also, get samples of what you're smoking. <laughs> also, I would just like to say, um, what's a 3DS? Right? Yeah, I feel like uh, like building on on that. I'm excited to see. You know, I feel like it's it would be hard at this point just due to the cost of the console. But once that cost is able to drop, I could see them phasing out the you know at this point very very aged 3DS and focusing on one console instead of focusing on a separate home unit and handheld unit. Um, because this, you know, people are like literally playing it. It seems like people, are, like more people that I've talked to, play it in handheld mode more than they are playing it in the television mode. And you know, who is going to go back to a, you know, who's going to spend a two to three hundred dollars on a 3DS style console for the type of games that 3DSs can play? Not that there's anything wrong with those games, but if I could play a, you know, Breath of the Wild style game on my Nintendo Switch, why would I play anything on my 3DS? And I, I want to say, I want to uh, say the portable battery life is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Like, like yeah. it, turn, oh, yeah, put it on definitely. airplane mode and turn the brightness down. Like the thing. Yeah, it, dep- it, it depends on the game for sure. But it Zelda is, a, you know, a very taxing game. Um, I would, I would say. Yeah, it seems like I'm getting Zelda. two to two and a half hours, which is more than I'd expect playing a freaking Zelda game that looks like that on <laughs> in a handheld, like a 3DS, in a yeah. handheld form. But yeah, like I, yeah. I, I have to imagine that that at some point in the future, whether that's six months from now or a year from now, we will start to see, you know, maybe more of those 3DS staples start to look a little bit prettier and start being announced for the Switch and and. Yep. It's got to be to the point where, you know, they're starting to think about, you know, the, the 3DS has got to be going end of life in terms of support fairly soon, I would say. Um, 
And is it something where they're going to release another handheld console that's more powerful than the 3DS they have now? No, the Switch is going to be that console as well. And, it, you know, in the next couple of years, we're going to start seeing those huge titles that have really been mobile only in terms of the main series games like Pokemon and stuff like that. And, and you know, you'll be able to play some sort of probably sufficiently improved visually and audibly Pokemon game on, you know, your television and then grab it and go. And it's going to be pretty crazy yeah and i I, i'm waiting for um uh play over tetris no uh street pass integration i want to see this thing street pass Mm. street i'm pretty sure street pass has already been confirmed dead that is dying with street pass was lit lit as well fuck well i know certain games back on the regular ds had a more primitive version of street pass built into the individual game so that i could imagine that that could still happen but yeah as of right now it seems like it being an integrated part of the system itself is uh is dead yeah both street pass and meverse are dying and to be honest i'm well there were cool things that came out meverse i'm sort of happy meverse is dying but um some very 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 final thoughts um uh, well yeah i, 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 I want to before you do that i want to ask you expound on that why would you be happy a project is dying are you are you are you are you are you dying i'm just saying um first john tron now you i i oh my gosh i no um we're we're almost at an hour 20 so let's wrap up yeah yeah yeah. very 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 fast um i've actually been playing isaac this entire time that we've been recording this podcast that's why he's been so quiet for uh, once (laughs) i just want to say i i i do feel like this console is having the Wii effect. I feel like the Wii effect is spreading with the Switch because uh, my father, who I love very near and dear, he is not, you know, the biggest gamer, not even of Nintendo or even a Zelda fan. And somehow I got him sort of obsessed with the Switch and Breath of the Wild. You know, he, he loves playing Breath of the Wild, just loves exploring everything. He's he's at least gotten through some of the dungeons, you know, not all the way through, but he he's completed a bunch of shrines, done a bunch of side quests, and he's just really enjoying it. And I just love that Nintendo is finally getting back on track after a very rough two to three years. And I'm just glad to see people finally enjoying Nintendo again and watching them, you know, profit off of this, like... The Switch has had some the best like for what two weeks of its of like any Nintendo console ever, and I couldn't be more happy for it. Yeah. Um. Uh. I guess. I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Um. Wait. 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 Can I do my? No. Okay. Go on. So as far as what I think about the Switch, I think it's a great start. Now that the library started rolling out. I feel like it's poised to have the best first year in gaming history with the lineup between Splatoon, Mario Kart, uh, Mario Odyssey, and Xenoblade 2. And I'm really look I'm really looking forward to what it's going to be able to do and how developers are going to take advantage of its, it's unique it's features sold, going forward. It, it sold 1.5 million. Mm. So uh, that's pretty fucking good. Yeah. 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 And, um, they're probably going to meet their two million uh, shipment goal by the end yeah. of March, and they're planning on doubling production at least sixteen million by yeah. next year. Uh, I just want to say that uh, Patriot, um, uh, Patriot, uh, I don't know, computers, Patriot. Anyway, Patriot. They they make um, uh, memory. 
they have a 200 gigabyte SD card for 19 bucks. Uh, so I'm going to be getting, obviously going to be snagging one of those. PNY also has a 200. PNY is a, a 200 gigabyte SD card for $19. Yep. How is that <laughs> legitimate? Uh, because uh, Patriot, um, they make uh, random access memory. Yeah, they make RAM. They make RAM and stuff. Yeah, and they, and they make, but how how is that so cheap? How can they make such a cheap SD card at such a high capacity? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. I'm going to be honest. Telling. I might just uh, back up my 3DS memory and stuff, and just use the 3DS micro SD card on the Switch. Uh, the th- oh, the, the, oh yeah, that's right. The new 3DS went to get your screwdriver ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's uh let's wrap it up, guys. Um. So. I think around the board, very positive thoughts. Um, uh, I would, I, I'm happy that I got the console. I was getting a little bit of buyer's remorse because I could have used the money, but um, the amount of pleasure and anti-depression I got from playing Zelda is is amazing. Um, uh, and I was I was playing the Snipper Clips demo while we were while we were uh, streaming just now, and I fell in love with it. I'm gonna buy that game. Isn't it super cute? Yeah, is is fucking is fucking adorable. Yeah, I might um, buy it too. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. Uh, thank you everybody for listening to the Geekscape Games podcast. Uh, this is kind of our new test run of a format change, a little bit less in the news and more about a specific topic. Let us know what you guys think. Um, do you like the news? Do you want us to talk 45 minutes about news topics? Um, or, you know, a little bit of news sprinkled in and out of a natural conversation about a specific topic. Would love to hear what you guys think about that. Um, tweet at us, um, at Geekscape Games. Uh, hit us up on geekscape.net. Check out our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups, Geekscape Games Podcast. That's groups with an S, Geekscape Games Podcast, slash Geekscape Games Podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Shane O'Hare, SS Jakin on all of the gaming platforms, and no longer special guests. Derek Cranavelt, where can people find you? <laughs> I, I, I'm at D Cranavelt on Twitter, uh, at Captain K17 on uh, PlayStation and Xbox, and 7543725555 on Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I actually made that. I actually made that up. Nobody can remember their friend. Yeah. Code. Um. Uh. And uh, founding father Josh Jackson. Uh. You can find me just about everywhere at Enu Joshua and at whatever friend code my friend code is on the Switch. Gotcha. And uh, Mr. Adam Lemois? Uh, you can find me at the ACZ on Twitter, on Instagram, the ACZ on Xbox, and of course, as my Switch friends like to call me, 57134509350. That's my actual friend. I, know. <laughs> I don't know why that fucking just hits my funny bone. Uh, Alright, I guess that's it, everybody. We'll see you guys back here next week. Bye, everybody! Bye!